Hello and welcome to your Prepared to Answer podcast. It's great to have everyone with me today. Um, Happy New Year. Hope the New Year's got off well for you. Um, Today's the first day of the year, if you like, for me. Just with this ministry work of being able to defend the Christian faith and um, present evidence to support um, our viewpoint as followers of Jesus. Um, So today, um, not to start off the year in a light note, I've decided to deal with what is probably the the biggest objection to the Christian faith or maybe more specifically to the idea that there is a God behind our universe. The biggest objection uh, I could throw out out there and I'm sure in your minds all right now you're thinking I know what that is. Yep, I know what he's going to say. Maybe it's something different. If it is something different than this topic then I just encourage you to send that to me um, because it certainly needs to be dealt with as well. Um, but the biggest um, objection to Christianity, for sure, to God, is the problem of suffering. <clears throat> Excuse me. So why would God allow suffering? Um, and we say suffering, it's a huge topic. What what does that mean? It could be any number of different things. What suffering for one person could be different for somebody else. Um, suffering can be very, very extreme, where we picture, um, you know, tsunamis in one part of the world killing many people, or it could just be stubbing my toe on the way to the toilet during the middle of the night. That has happened before. That is definitely suffering. Um, or it could be emotional suffering or financial suffering. It's vast, obviously, but just, and I, I'll keep this as a little bit general. So maybe the topics covered today, you might think, well, that doesn't cover such and such a thing. And I will have a separate one on natural disasters. But as a general principle, why would God allow suffering? Um, I want to want to say here, first of all, is the reach of this particular topic, the objective of my argument today. Um, my arguments here are to support the idea that God can exist, that suffering is logical with the idea that God exists. These arguments won't necessarily mean that you like the way God does things, or that you like that he uses suffering, or that you like the way he operates. This is not to prove that or to, to show you that you know you can be happy with the way God does things. It's it, The limit of it is to show that it's still consistent with the idea of a God behind our universe. Suffering is still consistent. So it's it's, under, it's important to understand the reach because if you try to lay out some of these arguments as to why suffering is consistent with the existence of God and then someone says, but yeah, but why why do it that way? There's a better way or whatever. You're going, but that's not the argument I'm making. We're making the argument that it's possible that God still exists despite suffering. And in fact, as we'll see here, it very much points in the direction of God, which is a shock to some people. But anyway, we'll have five arguments today, and I'm going to succinctly lay them out at the end in what I consider to be a prepared to answer style so that we can remember them. You're not going to remember all the details, as always, as I wouldn't myself, actually, um, despite having done this. Um, So five arguments um, to the objection of suffering. So why would God allow suffering? Well, the first point, and probably this could be considered, well, I mean, not necessarily the biggest, but certainly the, one of the things I've, I've, I've wrestled with a lot recently, and it really makes a lot of sense, is that suffering is the natural result of free will. So number one, suffering is the natural result of free will. God, as we have heard many times before, has given us free will, free freedom to make our own decisions, to choose to follow him, to reject him or to do whatever we want to do in life. We have freedom to a large extent to make our own decisions. Suffering then is a natural result of man going his own way, doing things his own way 
whenever we know we could or should do it a different way. God has allowed man to go his own way. And, and as we'll see, we has intervened. God's polite. He knocks on the door. He doesn't force himself upon anyone. I guess what that would be, that would be a lack of love. So love gives people freedom to make their own choices. Now you think, well, how does that make sense? Well, I'm going to say something which might sound shocking, but it, it is very true. If, if you're a parent, you've allowed your kids to suffer when you could have prevented it. You know, you could have taken away some of their pain by giving them Calpol. But maybe studies have shown and evidence and experience of your own child has shown you that in the long run, that's not the best choice. Um, you see your child on a swinging gate. You've told them that before you get to the house, you shouldn't go on that swinging gate. You see them on it and you know they're going to fall. Do you always get up and stop them? No. Sometimes you let them fall because you know that that's the best thing with the outcome of their own choice that they have learned. They will learn more through that than they would if you had have intervened. Now, chances are they're not seriously going to hurt themselves or as a parent, you would automatically intervene. But we have, as all parents and being the recipients of our own parents, have allowed our kids to suffer in some small way, on some level, because it's helped teach them in the long run. Or it's because you wanted them to have their own free will. If you decided to intervene, they'd probably throw a tantrum. Now, again, that's not a reason not to, but in the context of this conversation, you give them, they have free will to choose, but they end up having free will to suffer. So number one, natural result of, of free will. Suffering is a natural result of free will. Number two, suffering points us in the direction of the truth. Suffering, as we know, often results many times in a good and proper perspective in that we then follow the truth because we suffered pain by not following the truth in some way. We know ourselves, we grow most when we have to battle and struggle in life. Training, exercise, you know, people in any kind of um, sport get better with struggling and trouble and battling against the elements. If God is our Father Creator and He's perfect, then if we didn't have any suffering in our lives at all, we wouldn't need Him. And we wouldn't therefore f seek God in any way because we wouldn't need Him in any way. So suffering enables us to need to follow the truth. As a physio, when I bring people in to assess them and treat them, my goal, and this is going to sound strange to ears who haven't heard this before, my goal is to produce pain. Why? So to reveal where the problem is. I want to reproduce the person's pain so that it shows me where the problem lies. People accept this when they come to see me and they don't argue with this concept because they know I need to cause pain. It's beneficial to do so. It reveals where the true problem lies. <clears throat> And it reveals, <clears throat> excuse me, it reveals where the true problem lies, and then we can begin treatment to fix the problem. So, suffering and pain is points in this in the direction of truth. We're on the wrong path. We suffer. We we find a problem. We realize, oh, I need to go this other way. I need to stop going down this path. Suffering is necessary to point us in the direction of truth. Number three, and this will take a bit of understanding. God cannot be illogical there are things that god cannot do whoa did he just say what i thought he said there's things that god cannot do yeah there's things that god cannot do he is all powerful but there's things he can't do what can he not do he can't do things that are illogical sometimes you're faced with a false choice god cannot sin he cannot cannot cease to exist some of the things he can't do he cannot be irrational he cannot forget 
And some other things, and again, you get these false choice sometimes. He cannot make a square circle. Why? That's illogical. Can he make a stone big enough so that he couldn't move it? That's a false choice. He couldn't make a stone big enough so that he couldn't move it. Because think of the wording in that. Could he make a stone that he couldn't move? You've already decided that he couldn't move it. It's a false choice. It's illogical. Um, suffering very well may be, as I've said in number one, is the inevitable result of giving man freedom which was the most loving thing to do. Um, and it would be a loving to leave us in the mess and to look at in the moment he didn't leave us in that mess. But maybe he cannot remove suffering as it would remove free will. Uh, and that's why I'm saying there's things that God cannot do because they're illogical. To remove suffering removes free will and that would remove love. And that's not possible. And number four, um, suffering points us to God. Again, this is one that needs qualification. So people are saying, why would God allow suffering? Suffering clearly indicates that he doesn't exist, because if he did exist, he wouldn't allow it. Well, I'm going to make the opposite argument. And this argument was um, championed by C.S. Lewis. Suffering, in fact, points us to God. And again, this takes a bit of trying to understand this. But why do I say that? Well, whenever you're suffering, one of the things you tend to do, you have this sense of justice or injustice. Um... And what I would say is if there's no God, then there's no such thing as justice or injustice. So when, when we, we cry when we suffer, why? Because it feels unjust. It shouldn't be like this. When I'm sore or I haven't got this problem or I watch someone else with a problem, I think that's not fair. That's why it's suffering. If someone suffers after making a foolish decision, then we might often say, well, you know what? They got what they deserved. We have that sense of justice. Earlier on when we cried over, you know, um, someone suffering, it was because of a sense of injustice. In other words, if there's no justice or injustice, if there's no such thing as justice, then why why would we even claim the idea that there is any suffering? If there's no God and life is completely random, then why would we be surprised or annoyed when bad things happen? If life is meaningless and random, why do we cry foul? You know, again, if it, if life is, if there is no God and we said that suffering means there can't be a God and therefore there is no God at all, then whenever we suffer, whenever we experience suffering, well, well what, what have we got to lay claim to that it's wrong? Because the world is random, meaningless. We're just a bunch of molecules and motions, as per Richard Dawkins. We just happen to are, randomly be the way we are. When things go wrong, they just go wrong. There, there's no point making an issue about it or claiming. You might be discouraged by it, but there's, no, there's nothing to point to. And this is what happened with C.S. Lewis. His wife died of a long-term illness. And he had felt a deep, you know, he's an atheist, didn't believe in God. But it was actually the fact that his wife died. It was that sense of, this shouldn't be like this. Well, he discovered, well, if, 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 it, if there's no God, then there's no standard for me to say that. There's no way I can say that. Because if life is just random as I believe it is as an atheist, as per C.S. Lewis at the time, well then, there's there's no word to complain. There's there's nothing to complain about. These things just happen, uh, but it's only in God that that there is such a thing where justice and injustice makes sense. So again, suffering points towards God as opposed to pointing away from Him. We just need to try and understand why we have the suffering. So that's number four. Number five, and again, this is really what um, motivated me to do this this um, section on suffering. Um, was I was reading, uh, I think it was um, 1 John 4. Um, let me just go there for a second. 
1 John 4, um, <clears throat> yeah, 1 John 4 and verse 9, it says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. If you ever sit and reflect on the gravity of what that really means, the idea that God would send his only Son onto the earth as a human um, to walk the way we walked, suffer the way we suffered, but all for what purpose? I mean, it would be amazing if God sent his Son onto the earth at all, but the fact that he sent his Son onto the earth to actually die in our place, to take the punishment that we deserved. When you stop and reflect on that, that's why it said this is how God showed his love among us. Because of what he was willing to suffer, what he was willing to put his son through, you know, for our sakes. So what am I going on about? Well, suffering, God has given the complete solution. So suffering bothers you, it bothers God. Suffering, you want it to be removed? God wants it to be removed as well. How do we know this? Jesus told uh, his disciples to go and tell John the Baptist about his ministry. Are the deaf here, the dead are raised, the sick are healed, um, pain is taken away from people. That's his goal. That's what he wanted to do. He gives free will. The obvious natural consequence from that is suffering, but then he comes down to remove it. God's entire purpose was to take away our sin, to take away our pain, to take away our suffering and give us everlasting life. John 10.10 10 says, give us life to the full. God came to earth <clears throat> and revealed how he felt about our suffering. He wanted to remove it. He died to make us perfect, to take away our suffering and pain, as I said already, and give us eternal, eternal life. So this is God. This is how he responds to our suffering. Now, in this world, we still have pain and we still have suffering. But God has intervened in this world. You know, he hasn't just explained suffering. He's given us a solution. A solution is better than an explanation. And this is the greatest of all things. John 3.16 God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If we have our mind fixed on what the, his word teaches us, then we our suffering diminishes rapidly. People, 11 of the 12 apostles, were able to go to their deaths and stuff, suffer the most extreme of pains and suffering because of what they knew that how God would look after them essentially and he had their backs and we can experience this as well so number five God has given us a complete solution so just a summary then um, number one suffering is a natural result of free will number two suffering points us in the direction of the truth number three God cannot be illogical there's things that God cannot do because they they're illogical false choices and um you know, suffering is a natural part of free will and therefore he may not be able to remove it because it would remove things that, that shouldn't be removed, love and free will. Uh, number four, suffering actually points to God rather than away from God. Number five, God has given us the complete solution and this is the exciting one for us. He's given us a solution to the problem of suffering. Uh, just a little section then, I'm prepared to answer. How can I answer people when they have this ultimate of all dilemmas why would God allow suffering? Number one, again, try and remember these, these points. Maybe even picking three of them. It's a natural result of free will. It points us in the direction of the truth. God cannot be illogical. Suffering points to God rather than away from him. And God has given us his complete, the complete solution to suffering. 
Um, these will be on my blog, www.preparedanswer.wordpress.com. So you can see them, little points at the bottom. Try and commit them to memory. That's what I want to do at the end of all my articles, is have a little memory section that helps us to think about this in, in the future. Uh, and you just also leave us with Jesus' words when he was asked about why you know, man was born blind or why bad things happened to people when a tar fell on them. He says, look, you know, you repent or perish. You know, Luke 13, he says, you focus on yourself. Just focus on your predicament. There's no point you losing faith over suffering that someone else has experienced when they actually may have a deep joy within them. Sometimes people gripe about difficulties that are happening to other people and yet the other people with the difficulties are happening to are made more joyful than them. And you're like, well, you know, we gripe about the third world and how much poverty and, and lack of food there is and yet they may very well be more joyful than us. And in that fact, they may be more blessed than us in some instances. Uh, I'm not trying to make light of suffering, <clears throat> but suffering is difficult to deal with. Um, but these are definitely key five key points, I think, that can help us understand why would God allow suffering in this world? Um, this is the first of the year, so um, please, again, drop me any thoughts you have on this. And any, in any way that's helped you or any other questions that you have on this, many thanks for tuning in today.